Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti. You might hear some background noise right now because uh, something happened, guys. Um, 2020 strikes again, so... Basically, to give you some context, we had a pretty big storm in LA and it doesn't really rain here. So our house, this was our first big rain that we had in this current house. We did not know our house would not be able to handle a big rainstorm. Um, And when I say it's not able to handle it, um, I mean our ceilings, our floors, our windows, basically our apartment kind of low-key flooded and we have this um, certain kind of flooring where it kind of trapped in the water. So it leaked down into our garage underneath our apartment. And it's just been a pretty big mess. Just uh, one more thing to put on the list of crazy things to happen in 2020, I guess. But we are going into 2021 with a positive attitude. I am looking forward to it. I know the day that this comes out, it will be New Year's Day, I believe. No, actually, I think it's New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. (laughs) So happy New Year's Eve, everyone. Yeah. I mean, this is just uh, a bump in the road, right? So we're staying positive over here. I'll give updates when I can. Um, The only thing I I really want to say to anyone out there listening, make sure you have renter's insurance. It is probably the best thing uh, to ever have, (laughs) like in the history of ever. And it's not even that expensive. And it it just protects you when things like this happen, uh, when you don't expect them and you know things like that. So I'm lucky to have renter's insurance. I got it through Lemonade. It's an app, not sponsored at all. It's just like something I genuinely use. So really lucky to have that. We're going to get through this. It's going to be just fine. But in the meantime, uh, because this week's been so crazy, I have not had a chance to record a full episode for today, but I could not bear the thought of leaving you guys without an episode. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to re-air the New Year's Eve episode or the pre-New Year's episode from last year, which honestly, it's really funny to hear it because I had absolutely no idea what 2020 would truly bring. So I hope you love it and happy New Year, everyone. I hope you are comfortable and cozy wherever you are, hopefully with a cup of coffee or tea, just chilling because we're about to have quite the episode. I'm going to talk about the new year, all the changes I want to make this year and just lifestyle changes overall, mentality changes, little things that I want to do this year that I didn't get to do in previous years. And, you know, I know that I've said in the past and I think other people have just said it very frequently recently that it's kind of like ridiculous to just make new year's resolutions and like wait till the new year to have change happen and while I kind of agree with that I think that you know you can make change whenever you want to and you can sit back and you know write a list and be like this is what I want to do tomorrow and just make change whenever you want but I also think that there's something special about a new year and just a fresh new chapter it's like when you're reading a book and you flip the page and you're like oh my gosh I'm already on chapter 20 like I also feel like I need to mention that I'm drinking B12 right now B12 is like the newest thing that my friends and I have discovered it just like is a miracle worker vitamin situation and I recently discovered via my mom who just knows all sorts of things like this that there's these fizzy things you can put into water that has like your daily dose of b12 and it tastes like a like an orange starburst which i wouldn't say is like my favorite starburst but it tastes really good nonetheless and i always forget to take my vitamins this is not sponsored by this fizzy thing i think it's i don't even know what the brand is i'll look it up later but and share on my instagram or something but it's it's just a miracle worker and i'm drinking it right now i usually feel like i'm drinking like wine while i podcast and i hope you guys always imagine me drinking wine because that's the kind of aesthetic that i want to instill on here but right now i'm drinking an electric yellow 
energy fizzy drink thing so anyway just want to put that picture in your minds but yes anyway we are podcasting we are we're doing this I keep getting sidetracked so as I said today's video what did I just say today's podcast I'm going to be talking about just some little things I want to change about myself this year and not change about myself that sounds kind of I don't know aggressive kind of just want to make some alterations in the way that I see things and the way that I approach things if that makes sense there's a few ways I've noticed this year that I or just this past year and previous years before that I've been revisiting a lot of my old videos a lot of my old content my blog entries things like that and just figuring out the ways that I need to kind of make some little shifts in the next year and in years to come so don't think it's just for 2020 I'm going to be like this hopefully there'll be one of those things where it's like I do these things enough that it'll become a habit because what is it you have to do things some something like 12 times for it to become a habit or something like that So, yeah, I I entitled this podcast in my notes, like in my um, journal, Decade in Review, but truly it's just going to be kind of just Katie in review and kind of reviewing myself as a person and talking about what I see as being kind of my pitfalls. And I don't want to say that there's ever a, a chance that I'll be a perfect person in any way, shape, or form, but there's certain ways that I, I just keep revisiting the same things over and over. Does that make sense? So my friend Amy, she actually said this quote in her YouTube video recently, Amy Lee, she's amazing. The lesson keeps presenting itself until the lesson is learned. And that really hit me hard because I feel like there's all these things that we encounter in our day-to-day and ways where we're like, oh, you know, I didn't handle that so great or, oh, I really didn't prepare myself for this in the right way. And we keep saying, oh, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to stop doing this in my friendships, my relationships, whatever. And we keep saying that, but you know, it doesn't really hold any weight until we actually put it into doing. And believe me, I'm sure that we all have these things. It's not just me. The lesson keeps presenting itself to us and we keep approaching it in the same way. And so then the lesson just keeps presenting itself. Does that make sense? It's like, it it just keeps kind of nagging you and you're either going to make a change about it and kind of confront it head on, or you're just going to let it continue to nag until it's like 2030. (laughs) Okay, so where do we begin? I found this one thread on Instagram, or it's kind of one of those, it's kind of a thread, I think you can call it a thread, where it's like multiple photos, like a photo set, I guess, but it's like a photo set of tweets that kind of make a story, if that makes sense. I don't know what to call these. It's like a new genre of things on Instagram, but I follow this one account. It's called writing. It's W dot R I T I N G on Instagram. Great account. They post great quotes, great little nuggets of things that make me think about certain things I don't think about. So love accounts like this. If you guys ever have ones you found that you love, please send them to me via DM. I love this stuff. I follow like 2,500 people on Instagram solely because probably 400 of those people aren't even well, they're people, but they're like accounts like this where it's just like little nuggets of quotes and things that, you know, so that's why I follow so many people on Instagram. Thank God. Honestly, thank God for the algorithm in that sense, because otherwise I don't know what I would be sitting through every day of scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. So I digress. So it's questions to ask yourself before the new year. That's what it's called. Um, And obviously now that it is the new year, I'm asking myself these questions now, but you know, better late than never, I guess. And I, okay, to be fair, I did ask myself these questions like last week, but I didn't record last week because I was busy, honestly, eating last week. So here we are. (laughs) So I'm just going to talk about a few of them because there's like nine of them in this photo set. And some of them I was like, okay, that's not as relevant to me. So the first one that I actually thought was pretty relevant is what's one small way you can become a better person in 2020 for others and for yourself 
And when I was thinking about this, you know, I think that I'm constantly trying to be a better person. And I mean, at some point you do have to sit back and be like, I'm doing the best I can. You can't be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. But I think that one way and one area that I want to improve in 2020 and just in years to come is delivering tough love. I'm really bad at this. I'm really bad at being critical. I'm bad at handling criticism, like, you know, being dealt criticism. I'm bad at that, but I'm also bad at dealing it myself and being critical of other people when it's necessary. And let me kind of explain this. So when a friend comes to me and they're like, you know, I'm dealing with this situation with this person, usually a relationship or at work, or I just can't seem to find a job that I like or a number of things. I think that, I mean, usually I'm very comforting, which I think is important, but there's some, some times where you're sitting there and they're telling you these things and you, you have this little nagging feeling where you're like, I need to say something they don't want to hear. And I've gotten kind of flustered when I feel these things and I'm like, I just kind of change the subject or whatever, or just try to like say something really, uh, I don't know, easy to digest in contrast to what I'm actually feeling. Like I feel like I need to say this one thing that just keeps kind of, it's on the tip of my tongue and I want to say it, but I don't want to hurt their feelings. And that's such a tough position to be in, believe me, but it's something that I want to confront this year and just get not, I feel like honesty maybe isn't, maybe it is honesty, but mostly it's just being a a bit more bold in my friendships because truly a lot of time would be saved on my part, on their part, if they heard the truth. And this can be kind of presented a number, a number of ways. It's like, for example, someone will show me something design-wise. A lot of people ask for my opinions on things, you know, graphic design-wise, and if they're designing their resume or a number of things, because that is obviously kind of in my wheelhouse. I love stuff like that. So sometimes people show me a design for something, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just this needs a lot of help. It needs a lot of stuff. And you know, I don't say like, oh, it's perfect per se, but I'll just kind of you know give one small little tweak here and there, and not tell them like, oh, you kind of need to you know rework this because truly I mean that's kind of a matter of opinion and that's where it kind of gets tricky for me because some people have different opinions on what looks what looks good obviously but you know I'm bad at that honestly like being critical that way but also people will come to me and be like oh so I have this relationship problem or I feel this one way towards or something like that and I usually I'm just like oh like you know maybe he'll call maybe blah, blah, or I'll maybe be like oh like you don't deserve him if it's like a relationship thing when truly it's staring me right in the face that this guy is not interested in her I need to just tell her that but like again it's like a matter of opinion so I think it's just tough and it's something I'm dealing with every day just being able to deliver tough love and knowing that it might not be received well, but at least I'm maybe pushing someone in the right direction of improving themselves in some way. And I hope the same thing goes for me. I hope that I can deliver tough love to myself, you know, in 2020 that just sometimes I'm not right. You're not going to always be right. Sometimes you're going to create really shitty stuff. You're going to make really ugly things and you got to be honest with yourself, kind of take some time away and look back at things and be like, wow, that was a really bad, you know, because that's the only way that you grow. And I don't mean to be overly critical of myself because that is something that I do deal with. But I think that there's certain moments where maybe a client or someone tells me like, oh, you kind of fucked up here. (laughs) You know, they're delivering tough love to me and I can't take it. And I think the reason is, is because I don't really give tough love to myself. Um, because that's, I mean, that's the only way you grow. So that's the number one answer that I had to that question. 
was definitely tough love. But also just another thing that I want to do to make myself a better person this year is use my phone a lot less. I'm in my freelancing zone, obviously. I am easily distracted by my phone just because my phone is a big part of what I do about how you know I, I interact with clients and how I'm getting inspiration for what I'm creating. So it is important to have my phone a lot of the times, but there's certain projects where I've even in the first you know few days of this month and this year I've started to do this today I did it I was at a coffee shop doing work for three hours earlier today and I just tucked my phone away put it in my bag did not touch it I think that we all have a tendency of having our phone right next to us when we're eating when we're doing anything just having it right there like right now it's right here because I'm obviously using it to podcast but yeah that's something I want to practice less phone more writing more journaling more creating things obviously And I also, there's another thing I want to do. I want to focus on the little nuggets of dreams that I have. There's like a few little things that I've wanted to do so badly and I just can't justify it because of course, being a freelancer, it's important that I'm doing jobs that make me money because, you know, money is how I stay afloat here in the city and it's important, but I do need to do some things here and there that don't have a monetary gain for me, but just gain me something else like you know, creative spin on something, creating content for you guys that's free because there is some stuff that I want to create for you guys that's free. I want to make some wallpapers for Instagram or not. Well, that's does not make sense. Wallpapers for your phone, Instagram story stuff for Instagram. Like I want to make some things like that and just obviously maybe someday I'll get monetary gain from that. But for starters, I just want to kind of just create stuff, you know, and whatever. I want to make like little things that I've been, you know, having in my little dream collection realm in my brain that I just haven't done because I'm afraid that they're not good uses of time. I think that when you're creating anything, it's a good use of time because you're trying something new. I just learned a bunch of new little things um, like how to make better gifts, how to make better videos for Instagram, stuff like that, like taking time to learn things that like of course takes up time but overall to make my content better and that's important so yeah that's another thing I want to do and so okay let's scroll and see the next thing okay number four of this little photo set what do you want to be a student of in 2020 so a student of means like obviously learning being taught by someone something else and I wrote down that I want to teach myself like I just said to worship my phone less and find other dopamine mechanisms because I I did a whole podcast episode on this I think about how when we get likes when we get texts from people we care about we get like a little dopamine rush and so when we don't get that text from the guy that we like we like our you know our body our self is searching for that dopamine hit and we don't get it so we're depressed about it because whatever I want to worship my phone less. I found last year especially, I think was like obviously every year my phone usage goes up and up with all the new social media mechanisms and things that the other ways you can do things on your phone. Like it's just insane. Every year I'm getting more apps, more things become a thing like TikTok and like whatever. I don't even want to tell you how much time I like spent on TikTok the other night just like scrolling. Like why? Um, Anyway, also I do want to note really quickly, if you hear like a click in the background, it's my heat going on and off. It's freezing. Please let me have my heat on. (laughs) I need to have it on. Okay. I just noticed it. So I had to address that. But yeah, I want to worship my phone a little bit less and worship just information a little bit less. I think that, I mean, information is such a broad term, but I think 
I mean, I'm constantly just scrolling, searching, Googling, of course, making myself smarter and making myself more having a broader just scope of things is important. But I think that a lot of my creativity is a little bit lost when I'm scrolling and comparing myself and just finding all these new ways I need to improve myself. There's been a lot of self-improvement that I've been focusing on, but kind of in the wrong ways. I think that the true self-improvement that we're all searching for, the true happiness that we're all searching for truly lies within us. We already have everything that we need inside of us to be a better person and we're just kind of procrastinating that you know all of that that bank of of awesomeness that we have inside of us we're procrastinating on dealing with that because we're just trying to find other ways to help ourselves online and on our phones and some people might disagree with that but that's just how I see it and I think that there's a huge bank of things in me that I just have not explored yet and I need to and a lot of that can be done if I'm not just constantly on my phone consuming information just consuming 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 and I read this book recently that really confirmed this for me and kind of really highlighted this in my mind the book's called to hell with the hustle by Jefferson Bethke Bethke Bethke, I think. Um, I'm pretty sure, I don't know who I saw reading this, but I bought it, obviously, because I was super influenced. I'm very easily influenced by other people on Instagram, let me tell you. And on page, so page six, this is like way back in the beginning of the book, it says this really awesome little thing that I want to read to you guys. It says, while we're busy trying out the latest productivity system, at the end of the day, we still need to sleep eight hours. Imagine if Apple tried to sell you a computer and they advertised it by saying, this computer is inoperable for eight hours a day. And that line really got me because I remember so many times in college where I procrastinated, like procrastinated on projects, procrastinated on so many things and had to pull all-nighters to finish everything because I was obviously running a business. I was doing full-time school at the same time and even my friends that didn't have businesses it's just like we got consumed in our social lives we just like didn't make time for things and just like you know again informational just overload doing too many things and I yeah I could not imagine if my computer just didn't work for eight hours a day but like how great would that be though because then we'd have to sleep eight hours I feel like eight hours of sleep is very much a luxury for a lot of people so that really got me that line I was like I never thought about it like that like you know can you imagine if a computer like didn't work for eight hours a day anyway okay let's continue so how many bulletproof coffees do we need to drink before we actually start becoming the person we want to become how many bullet journals do we have to crack open podcasts do we have to listen to whole 30 initiatives do we have to start before we can be finished the truth is we are informationally obese gorging ourselves on information until we're sick and unhealthy just one more podcast one more youtube video one more hack to achieve a more optimized life but we keep wondering, why isn't anything changing? Why do we achieve a goal or a dream yet still feel as unfulfilled and anxious as ever? And he goes on to say, you know, were people in the 17th century so much worse off because they didn't have all of these mechanisms for improving themselves and like they didn't have podcasts to listen to, they didn't have bullet journals, they didn't have a lot of the things that we have now. And, you know, were they worse off because of it? Sorry, I just hit my book on the table. Um, like, were they worse off? And he says, or maybe they knew something we didn't. Maybe they didn't know everything we know. And that was actually the blessing. On average, people 200 years ago were lucky to read 50 books in their entire lifetime. Today, people spend more time watching episodes or movies and they watch more than 50 sometimes in a week or two. The information onslaught is an intense issue that we have not dealt with before. And it's so true. I was actually talking to a friend of mine about this recently. We were dealing with the classic, you know, ever so classic 
you know, when's he going to text me back? It's been four days. Like, why isn't he texting me after this date we went on, whatever? And having to remind myself that in different eras of time, like, for example, I was watching It's a Wonderful Life the other day and, you know, Mary's like waiting around for a call from George and like whatever, waiting for him to come to her door because they didn't have texting and like whatever. And there was a lot less pressure on constant communication back then. It was like, okay, when are we going on another date? It wasn't like, how's your day going? Like text every day, things like that. And you weren't constantly waiting around. Like there's just so much of a different mindset now in terms of just you know, you're expecting information. You're expecting people to ask you things and like texting and comparing yourself to people on the internet. And I feel like comparison wasn't as big of a thing. Actually, no, that's, I mean, comparison definitely existed in like the 1700s and such, but it wasn't so much in your face every second of the day as you scroll as it is now. In just 48 hours, the amount of information and data produced in the world will have been equal to all the information from the beginning of time until the turn of the century. That means the actual amount of data we consume in a day would have been one person's entire lifetime's worth in 1574. So yeah, um, big, big resolution for me this year is to be more conscious of the information that I consume. Of course, it's kind of inevitable that I'm going to be confronted with a lot of information every day, but I think just being selective about, first of all, the times of day that I'm consuming this, and second of all, just the amount that I'm consuming and just taking a conscious step back and thinking like, like you know, when I start to get a little bit anxious and really critical of myself and comparing myself and whatever, like I just need to take a step back, kind of throw my phone in the corner, not look at it for a little bit and dig a little bit deeper inside of myself before I continue consuming. <laughs> so yeah, that's important. So going back to that question again of just what I want to be a student of in 2020, I really want to be more intentional with my life and that word just keeps resurfacing for me. I'm just constantly thinking about that word. I don't know why. I actually had to Google it the other day to make sure that I'm thinking of it correctly because you know those words you've just been using forever and you're like, I don't know if I'm using this right or I don't even know if this, like I even know the meaning of this word. I'm constantly Googling words and if you saw my Google search feed, you'd be like, why are you even looking up that word, Katie? Like that's very elementary, but whatever. I digress. Intentionality, I think that's the way you say it, uh, plurally or just kind of as a concept, I want to be more intentional because I think that being intentional means that you're super obviously self-aware, but you also know just, you know, you're, you're more purposeful. You know what you need to do and how to do it. And a lot of times I think I know things that I want to do and things I want to accomplish and just the way that I want to be, but I just kind of run in the opposite direction because I am afraid of structure. I'm really bad at structure. And because I'm my own boss now and I'm delegating tasks to myself, it's really important that I'm intentional and that, you know, I think I need to declutter my life a lot. I need to just, there's a lot of just ways I need to be more intentional in 2020 and truly make just make decisions based on things that I want to accomplish and not always. I mean, there's obviously room for just being creative and not always having a a certain purpose to what I'm doing and just kind of letting my mind wander and daydream. But I need to have most of my moments be intentional moments, I think, in order for me to accomplish all the things that I want to dive into this year. So yeah, that's important. There's all these people I see on Instagram and I'm like, wow, that person is so intentional. And of course, I'm obviously seeing a version of themselves that they want me to see. But I also think that is it is kind of inspirational to look at people that accomplish a lot or not even a lot, but just really 
know themselves, really are self-aware and do things out of knowing themselves, that is super inspiring to me. So being intentional is another thing. Okay. All right. So next little thing I wanted to talk about, another thing in that photo set, I'm flipping the page in my journal. Number six is what can I thank myself for? Um, Wait, I think that's kind of verbatim what it said. It was like, what can you thank yourself for this year or something flowery, whatever. Similar to that. (laughs) Um, What can I thank myself for in 2020 or 2019 rather? So looking back, what can I thank myself for last year? And I think what I can thank myself for, number one, is being a quitter. And it takes a lot as a check goes by for me to admit that being a quitter was something that I'm thankful for because I think a lot of people hear the word quitter and they get really stressed. What what it makes me think of honestly is back when I was playing soccer and I really hated playing soccer because my dad was my coach. It was a lot of pressure, you know, and I was just really bad at sports in general. That was just not my thing, of course, as we know now. Um, and I just remember my dad being like, don't be a quitter, don't be a quitter, whatever, because like that's what you're supposed to do as a, a you know a parent when your kid wants to you know do things. They can't just constantly try things and quit. They have to persevere, whatever. It's a good thing to instill. So I'm not mad at my dad for saying that. But of course, now when things are up to me and the choices I make are up to me fully, it's kind of noble. Is that the right word? <laughs> kind of just it's it's a good thing to be a quitter sometimes. And I think that we have to stop being so afraid of that word. Like, of course, we shouldn't make it our daily habit of just quitting things. But I think that you have to know when the chapter is finished. And for me, quitting my day job, my nine to five, I've done many a times podcasts on this. But of course, it was something that was huge this past year and something that I did quit. And I'm really thankful that I have become a little bit less afraid of letting people down because you're going to let people down. That's just something that's going to happen. You're going to, you know, in many ways, you're going to let people down. If you quit your job, you're going to let people down. If you break up with someone in a relationship, you're going to let someone down. I mean, if you decide, I don't know, today I went to a different laundromat than the one I usually go to because it, I don't know, it was just, I just tried a new one today because I liked the way, you know, I've just been noticing things. My other one, I was like, I want to try a new laundromat. I let down my previous laundromat and it's just, that's life. You have to be critical about the ways that you spend your time and you spend your days because you only get so many of them. And so being a quitter is not so much a bad thing that we have thought it's it was since youth. And I read this thing on Instagram, actually, this caption of this girl I just discovered. A lot of you guys DM me people that you think I should follow. And it's so helpful to me because, of course, I'm so siloed in the people that I already follow. And I never branch out really unless someone tells me, hey, you should follow this person. So a follower DM me saying I should follow this girl because she makes really cool collage journaling art stuff. And that's something that I love. So this is from Catherine Misouk. C-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E-M-I-S-O-O-K. I love her account. Um, and in one of her recent captions, she has these beautiful captions, beautifully, beautifully written captions. Um, the last point in the caption was, um, landmarks like a new year or decade can feel weighty in a season of retreat. So she talks about a season of retreat in this caption. And I've never kind of imagined quitting would be called retreating, but it's kind of true. <laughs> I mean, when you know, one of the sides in a war was losing and they were losing, you know, the casualties were too high, they would retreat. And I think a lot of us don't really think about ourselves as someone that can retreat from things that are no longer suiting them or that are hurting them, you know, so retreating, I've never really thought of that word in like a personal sense, but it's so important. So 
She talks about the season of retreat. So she says, for anywhere that it feels like opportunities didn't happen, careers took a step back, social circles shifted, gossip and all that nonsense or whatever it is, maybe you're just in a season of retreat and not by accident, but where big dreams are germinating and you are being prepared for something far better beyond your hopes. So to that happy retreat year, may the best dreams, the ones that nourish you, flourish from your quiet spaces. So just the concept of season of retreat was really huge for me in that little narrative that she that she spun. It was so great. I love that caption. Um, because I think this past year, 2019, was kind of a season of retreat for me. I retreated from my job. I retreated from some really destructive habits that I had formed you know, in my personal life, just habits in general. And I kind of, yeah, I felt like a lot of last year was kind of certain elements of my life were falling off in a sense. And I didn't feel like I was really moving forward. I mean, at some points I did, but some points majorly, I thought that I was moving fully backwards. And sometimes that's not a bad thing. I think that we need to revisit the idea of quitting and of retreating and see it more as opportunity for growth. Like I think that, you know, losing things shouldn't be so much of a bad thing. I think that when you lose things, you kind of are making space for new things, of course. And so me kind of retreating back and, you know, losing things, stopping certain things that people really admired about me and just kind of getting back to what I was before I had all that embellishment, before I was wearing all of those layers of things that just were getting too heavy. I think that I need to see that, like she said in her caption, as like a germinating moment. Like I am getting ready to bloom. Like, yes, I kind of, you know, when there's certain flowers or trees, I think it's trees, you have to cut off the branches when they die because otherwise it won't grow. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's something that happens in gardening, the gardening world. And I think that that's so important. Like, yes, when there's dead leaves, you cut them off because it makes way for the new leaves to sprout. And so that's kind of how I see a lot of 2019 was me cutting off my dead leaves and dead branches. And I'm making way for new ones to grow in the coming years. And I'm just going to get better and get smarter. And it's okay that I felt like I was walking or moving backwards. Okay, so the last part of the podcast, I want to just kind of talk through a few major moments for me in 2019 that I really learned through and kind of what I learned or how I got through them and kind of things related to that. So I made a little list, like a bulleted list of just some major things. Of course, the first one in all caps, I wrote Lyme because as you guys know, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease this year and I made a whole podcast after that happened, a whole video after that happened. So I really kind of, you know, hit the nail on the head, beat it to death almost with talking about it and just kind of telling you guys what happened. But I want to talk about kind of how I've been getting through it after the fact because I feel people always think like, oh, you you know, you, you healed from the sickness, you're good now. But of course, Lyme disease is something that is with you forever. Um, and so it's something where I've I've been having some recurring little things that have happened because of it. And I just haven't felt like it was like big enough for me to share it because, you know, everyone goes through chronic things or just everything. Everyone goes through things. A lot of people have extreme chronic pain and it hasn't been really chronic or I mean, maybe chronic's the wrong word to be using for this, but I don't know. I'm really bad at talking about medical things. I'm going to try my best here. You guys are probably cringing having me talk about this, but you know, of course there's been little things that have happened 
because of Lyme, especially now that it's winter time. I've been told by my primary care doctor that having you know Lyme in the winter is the worst. Apparently, I haven't obviously experienced it in like the spring, and it was mostly during the summer for me, but I've been feeling weird, kind of just certain things in my spine, in my joints, kind of just really sluggish exhaustion. Sometimes that just hits me like a truck. And of course, people feel back pain. People feel exhaustion just in general when they don't have Lyme disease. But because I have Lyme, it makes it a little bit worse. And a lot of times I feel certain things and I I don't brush them off as just being, oh, I'm, you know, it's because of Lyme most of the time. And I feel certain pain in certain parts of my back that I didn't ever experience before because of just the trauma that my body went through when I dealt with Lyme and when I dealt with my surgeries and stuff or not the surgery. I keep calling it a surgery. It was like an injection or something, but whatever. So Lyme disease was something I really had to get through this year and I still am dealing with just the you know, after effects of Lyme, I was at the gyno a, cu- a couple of days ago and I had to explain the whole thing to my gyno. So I felt like I relived the whole thing. Just, you know, Lyme is something that's going to affect me for a really long time. I'm bad talking. I'm bad at talking about it, but it's something that is going to affect me forever. And I just got to get over it, <laughs> you know, going through that and having to deal with being in the hospital for 10 days and having to deal with my family and my friends being so worried about me. It really made me rethink how I look at taking care of myself and how I've really done a very bad job of taking care of myself in past years, especially in college. I reflect on how just horribly I treated my body, how I would just just drink and eat such bad things and really have no regard for the harm I put myself in, like just simple things like just not wearing a seatbelt and just, just, you know, being sick and on pain meds for certain things like being on steroids slash just like antibiotics and drinking heavily just like doing so many stupid things and of course when you're in college like you do stupid things you do stupid things all the time like you're still learning as you grow but having Lyme disease really made me stop and think about how I'm treating my body that was a big lesson that I learned this year and I mean I told you guys the whole story in a whole episode but as you know I literally woke up with no feeling in my legs, like the lower half of my body. And I proceeded to go to a day drink in the city. So yeah, I was an idiot. I still am in certain ways, but I'm learning that I need to kind of stop. And when my body is telling me something, when my body is, you know, sending me a very clear message that something's wrong, I got to maybe not prioritize my social life in that moment and prioritize myself a bit more. I'm really bad at prioritizing myself and my needs. And so that's a way that I learned that this year was Lyme disease. Okay, another thing, of course, quitting my job, I've kind of talked about that. That was huge. Made me also learn to prioritize myself and know when I am finished with something, know when something's no longer growing me and walk away from that thing. And even though it's hard to know that I am making the right choice, even if it feels like I'm quitting, it. I, I mean, I did quit, but I didn't quit myself. I was honestly furthering myself by quitting, if that makes sense. So that was a big thing. Also, something I don't really talk about much uh, was moving. <laughs> of course, I, it happened like obviously during the Lyme incident. I actually moved while dealing with that. So my family moved me, luckily, to my new apartment here in Greenwich Village. That's where I live now, which is if you're not from New York or know much about it, it's more downtown than where I was living before. So if you think of the island of Manhattan, it's a bit further. Excuse me. Someone is motorcycling away down there. They don't think about people that podcast, those motorcyclists. Anyway, (laughs) Um, yeah, so I moved and I moved downtown 
more downtown. So I'm not fully downtown. I'm not like in the financial district or just I could be further. I'm kind of if you think about Manhattan and you think about where Midtown is, I'm like below Midtown. Um, before I was on the west side, also I'm on, I'm on the west west er side. I'm, I'm in Greenwich Village. I'm kind of like west to the middle ish, but not fully in the middle. If that makes sense of Greenwich Village. And before I was in I was in um, Hell's Kitchen, which is not Upper West, but it's like right below Central Park on the west side. So I moved still on the west side, but just further downtown. And the difference between my old apartment and this apartment, number one, my old apartment was $400 cheaper a month, which I do miss, of course. But I was spending less money, but I was just dealing with so much shit, for lack of a better way to put it, because of that. So first and foremost, I mean, I I did feel very lucky to be living in that apartment. All apartments in New York are super expensive. And so I'm grateful that I could even live in an apartment in New York. Don't want that to be lost in this. But I had to deal with a few things that just really made me so anxious. Number one, it was just really dirty. Like it felt really dirty. And of course, a lot of apartments in New York aren't perfect. That's just the nature of living in a New York apartment. That's less than like 5,000 a month. Of course, there's like little charming quirks and things about each apartment and I still have them in this one but in my previous one there was just like it was just really dirty I would just sometimes turn on my sink and the water would be like dark brown and you know my shower just sometimes had mysterious smells and uh I mean my kitchen was I had no like natural light in my kitchen because it was facing another building which wasn't a huge deal because I I don't really spend much time in my kitchen, as you guys know. But there was always these like really creepy pigeons sitting on the windowsill and they weren't like cute pigeons. I don't know if there's such a thing as a cute pigeon. Sorry if you guys think pigeons are cute, but they were just really spooky. So I had to deal with that. But then also, okay, cherry on top was the three mice I had to deal with in my apartment. They came during the winter time when I was feeling especially lonely last year and they decided to, you know humble me with their presence. That's not the right word. They were there. Okay. And it was disgusting. And there was just who knows how many other things that were lurking. I didn't know about. I found two cockroaches in my apartment. It was just, oh God. And I was like, but the exposed brick, that was what was keeping me there was the exposed brick. And of course I didn't want to break my lace. So I, you know, bucked up, I'm paying $400 more a month here. And of course it's more of a financial burden. I can still afford it. Obviously I wouldn't be doing this if I couldn't afford it. But, you know, it made more sense to invest in a nicer apartment in a cleaner kind of area than to just be miserable in a, you know. So I I made a different sort of change there and just kind of have been more conscious about what I'm spending my money on now. And I spend money on things that are more important, like having a nice, secure apartment. Also, the old apartment didn't have a doorman. It had, you know, a walk up, which wasn't the issue, really. It was just I didn't feel it safe there. My packages were stolen a few times. It was like now I invested in having a safer, just cleaner apartment. And that was a huge decision I made this year that was just such a good decision. And I'm glad I did it. So that's another thing an area that I kind of improved. And then also um, another thing, rejection. (laughs) I got rejected by a few different romantic interests this past year. And, you know, I've gotten ghosted, just people that for one way or another, like, you know, got back with their ex-girlfriends or things and just like just a number of little things here and there that I don't even feel like they're not huge enough to discuss each individually, but I was rejected a few times and, you know, or people chose my friends over me and things like that, where I just felt kind of less than, and they were good because I've learned that it's so great to continuously get your, 
dreams in motion and really be thinking like you can do anything and whatever. But like there's certain ways that I don't get my hopes up as much, which sounds kind of depressing. But like when I go on dates now, I have such a more level head about things than I did this time last year. You know, New York is magical, but sex in the city like isn't real life and you can't always expect to go into a date and have a second date you can't always go into everything thinking you're going to marry them and that is something that I've had to learn this year and it's made me such a better person I've gone on such better dates recently because I don't have such debilitatingly high expectations and I don't want you guys to think that you need to set your bar so 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 low because that's not what I'm saying at all and that's not what I do I think that you just need to be more level about things and see it as being it's going to be great. It's going to be something where I have a second date or I just have a new friend, a new acquaintance in the city, someone that I know now in this, you know, lonely city. And either way, that's great. Either way, it's a win. Either way, I have done something good for myself by going on this date and I'm not going to go into it thinking this is going to be love. I've always said this, but I haven't really practiced it. It's either love or a lesson. And that's something I've learned this year. And I've also learned that love is not like the ultimate thing that I'm looking for. At the end of the day, I think that I'm learning to maybe, okay, maybe I am looking for love or looking to fulfill myself in love, but maybe not romantic love. Maybe I'm looking for love in other ways and I should be looking for love in other things. And that's something that I'm taking with me into 2020. Just like looking for, I love love. I love lovely things. I love just magical things and feeling lovey feelings but I can feel those things not in a person I can feel those things in trying new foods trying new coffee shops reading new books trying just new other things that aren't new love interests and that's something I've also really learned in 2019 and like I'm thankful that I learned those things because let's be real I have just put a lot of my eggs in a lot of different baskets that just have not fulfilled me and I'm kind of done with that in 2020 and I'm kind of I'm focusing on other things now of course I'm focusing on being a boss bitch so on that note we're gonna end the podcast because I think that was a great note to end on the boss ass bitch note is always a great note to end on so thanks for listening guys and I will talk to you guys all in my next episode bye